When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You've gotten the positive pregnancy test, told the exciting news to your family, and started to shop for your nursery. But perhaps, like many first-time parents, you've never seen a birth outside of a movie or ever cared for a brand new baby 24-7. Adding a doula to your team of providers can help you navigate your way through birth and immediate postpartum period. I'm Care Messer, a birth and postpartum doula, and today we'll be discussing choosing your doula. This is Preggy Pals, episode 95. Um, is that a plus sign? Pink or blue? Hospital or home birth? What type of food should I be eating? I think I just peed myself. I'm pregnant and I have to exercise. What pregnancy glow? Wait, was that a contraction? (laughs) Gotta make these pants fit. I've got cankles. What do you mean there's more than one? You've got the symptoms and now you've got the support you need for a happy nine months. This is Preggy Pals, your pregnancy, your way. Welcome to Preggy Pals, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Preggy Pals is your weekly online on-the-go support group for expecting parents and those hoping to become pregnant. I'm your host, Annie Laird. Thanks to all of our loyal listeners who have joined the Preggy Pals Club. Our members get special episodes, bonus content after each new show, plus special giveaways and discounts. See our website for more information. Another way for you to stay connected is by downloading our free Preggy Pals app, which is available on the Android and iTunes Marketplace. Sunny, our producer, is now going to give us some more information about our virtual panelist program. Yeah, so if you guys aren't located right here in San Diego where we record our shows at the Birth Education Center, you can participate in our virtual panelist program. So here's what you need to do to participate. You can like our Facebook page. You can follow us on Twitter. If you're on Twitter, use hashtag PreggyPalsVP and uh, follow along the conversation. We're going to be posting questions and also um, information that our experts are giving out throughout the show. We're going to be posting that to Facebook and Twitter, and you can just write in the comments section, share your thoughts, share your stories, and we may even include some of that on our show. And if we do, you can win a one-month subscription to the Preggy Pals Club. Great. Thanks, Sunny. Well, let's start going around and uh, introduce all of our panelists today. Stephanie, actually, no, Stephanie, you're about to get latched on your baby there, so we'll come back to you. So, <laughs> so Kelly, Just another day here at Preggy Pals. <laughs> Boobs and babies. It's almost like the, it's the boob group here today. Right. Yeah. yeah. Kelly Joe, why don't we start with you then? Okay, I'm Kelly Joe Eddie, and I'm 25 years old, and I am one of the volunteer co-leaders for the San Diego chapter of ICANN, which is the International Cesarean Awareness Network, and um, we do a lot with education on how to prevent a cesarean or a repeat cesarean. How encur- we encourage uh, VBACs and do a lot of work with that. I have two daughters, three and one. Their names are Ireland and Piper. And um, my first daughter was my cesarean birth, and my second daughter was my triumphant and amazing peaceful VBAC. Awesome. <laughs> Hi, I'm Natalina Gleason. I am also a member of ICANN. Yay! (laughs) I found out about it through stalking, I think, your website, Annie. (laughs) Stalking is welcome. (laughs) And um, I'm hoping to have a VBAC in August, but I just finished um, interviewing and finding the right doula for me, so this is exciting. Awesome. And Stephanie? My name is Stephanie Glover. 
I am 31 years old, and I'm a stay-at-home mom to my two girls. Uh, I have a two-and-a-half-year-old Gretchen <laughs> and, and a six-month-old Lydia. She's introducing herself. Yes. <laughs> yeah. She's, well, she's a little sweetie. Um, Gretchen was my cesarean, and Lydia was my triumphant, peaceful, healing VBAC as well. Yay. And I, too, am part of ICANN. <laughs> Oh, it's just I'm like the only member that's not part of ICANN here. You better wow, join. I feel left out. I know. I better join. All right. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, today I'm Preggy Pals. We're reviewing an app today. It's a free app, which makes it awesome, in my opinion. So uh, it's called I'm Expecting. And uh, all of our panelists have had a chance to take a look at this. Um, it shows up. You can put uh, when you're due in here, and it has uh, different features in it. You can track your weight, put a different calendar in here. So if you bring up the calendar, or you can make note that, uh, hey, you had a headache on this day or fatigue or nausea. So um, what do you guys think of this app? You have a chance to look at it. Would you uh, download this app? You know, I was... I was really liking it. Just glancing at it at first, it has a really nice modern feel to it as compared to a lot of the other pregnancy apps. Mm-hmm. I also really liked that there was a um, a weight tracker on there. When I was I was saying earlier that when I was pregnant with my um, first and second, I downloaded like the Live Strong Fitness app, and it would kind of tell me I was doing something wrong because I was gaining weight. Yeah. <laughs> but I was How dare you? Gaining, You're right? growing a human being. <laughs> right, I mean, but yeah. I, I <laughs> wanted to keep track of that because, you mm-hmm. know, you know, it's not, you know, it's something you have to, to track. And I, I really liked also that there's a calendar on there and that you can track your symptoms because a lot of times we get to the doctor, they ask you how you're feeling, we say, oh, I'm fine because we have pregnancy brain and we forget how we feel. So it's nice to have kind of a reference to, to see how we keep been a record doing. of how mm-hmm. you feel. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. And that's really detailed too. I noticed that on the app. Like, I mean, you can really go through and, and really be very specific about your symptoms. And yeah, like you were saying, sometimes you forget with, you know, baby brain and pe- pregnancy brain what you're feeling on that day. But you can actually assign it to a specific, like it's got a calendar in there. Mm-hmm. And you just like click on the day and it'd be like, today, this is how I felt. Boom, boom, boom. I like that you can see, you know, today I'm 23 weeks. Here's where my baby is. Mm-hmm. I like knowing pinto bean size versus boiled egg size. <laughs> um, for some reason, that helped me connect with the baby when I was pregnant. And I, even though I'm, I don't know, I don't like ever calling the baby a fetus. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I, that's the one thing I don't like about most of these apps. It's fetus, fetus, fetus. And yeah. I'm like, it's my baby. So yeah. it has arms, legs, and a heart that's working. So I, if it's a boiled egg or pinto bean at this time, that's fine. But I just, I like it to call a baby. So. Yeah. And look at this cool part of this app. It's called uh, Baby Bump. So you just uh, click on it. So say your week 24, there's no photos have been uploaded yet. And you just click on it. You can take a picture with your phone. And it goes right to the app, the the phone part, and you take your selfie of your belly <laughs> bump, <laughs> your belly selfie. That's I have a little cute. bit. I have a postpartum belly selfie, and that's okay because I'm only three months postpartum. But I think that's neat of having a record because, you know, I, I did that for my first pregnancy, and then not for my second or my third. Um, so, but the, the, I think I would have done that 
had, you know, I had just an app that would keep it all together and remind me about it. So what do you ladies think? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Would you download this? Thumbs up. I absolutely would. Okay. Especially free. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, I like it. I, I hate to say I already have the baby center one and I Mm -hmm. really like it and I'm kind of a creature of habit. But yeah. I like it if you hadn't already, if I hadn't already had the one that I have. Yeah. It's perfect. And mm-hmm. I do like the taking the pictures. Not that I have mm. even done that. It is okay <laughs> to have more than one app on your phone. I know. <laughs> Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters. And, what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Today on Preggy Pals, we're starting a brand new series. It's all about hiring your care providers. So normally when you're pregnant, you think about, oh, okay, at least the tough first time I was pregnant, thought, oh, okay, well, I guess I just got to go and uh, see what my obstetrician is covered. So we're going to be in this series covering all the different types of care providers that you can have on your team. Everything from obstetricians to midwives to what is a monotrice. Today we're starting off with what is a doula and how do they contribute to your team. Joining us today is Care Messer. Care is a DONA certified labor doula and a CAPA trained postpartum doula. She's the owner and founder of the Birth Education Center, and she also teaches hypnobirthing classes to expected parents. Kara, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Well, I should say thanks for being at my place. (laughs) I like when you guys are here. Yeah. Keeps it live and entertaining. Exactly. So, Kara, what is a doula? You know, I think there's a lot of folks that, you know, maybe they think that a you know, a doula is just this maybe natural birth guru. I, that's kind of what I thought, you know, at first too. What, what, what does, what do they even do? What do they bring to your care provider team? I'll tell you what they bring is they bring everybody calmness between I, my, probably my biggest thing is dads are worried that the doula is going to come in and take over his role. And then probably the biggest thing is dads are excited that she's going to come over and take over his role. It, kinda, yeah. it depends on where the dad is with, I just want to check my sports scores and you do the birth. Mm-hmm. I don't want to learn any new skills. So it kind of, it depends on which parent you get, but the doula, because especially if you're a first time mom, you're nervous, you're anxious, and you just want someone to tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. And a doula kind of helps you be in tune with your body and lets you know that everything's normal. Yeah. Because babies come out all the time. Mm-hmm. And you'll stay home longer in your own environment if there's somebody going, you just puked and your head spun around, totally normal. Yeah. Everything's good. <laughs> and that calms everybody down and keeps them home longer. When you're at home longer, um, you progress faster. Mm-hmm. And that's better for go- going to the hospital and getting your epidural if you're going to do that or do it naturally. Yeah. Um, but a birth doula will support whatever kind of birth that you want and she'll help you figure out what that is mm-hmm. because a lot of times we don't even know what our options are. Yeah. And that's a great point you bring up as far as that was a misnomer that I personally had was, oh, a doula is just for those natural birth people. But I definitely want an epidural, so I don't need a doula. But, you know, what you're saying, that makes total sense of, you know, it doesn't matter what type of birth you want. It's great to have that support, though. It is. Mm -hmm. And there's always unexpected things that happen during birth. That's why I never call a birth plan because Mm -hmm. I call them birth preferences because plans are always broken. And 
a birth doula will help you figure out what preferences you want, so give you options, and then support you through whatever comes up. Because if there is a switch at the end and baby has to go to NICU and dad goes to NICU, there's somebody that's going to be with the mom. Mm-hmm. And she can facilitate pictures back and forth, make sure mom's eating, keep mom calm, um, make phone calls for mom, whatever takes place, there's that extra person, hands-on, that keeps everything going. Mm-hmm. And you know they help during the birth, after the birth, and then a week after the birth. Yeah. So to make sure that you've got the right resources, you're comfortable in your new role, and that the baby's doing okay. Yeah. Now, have any of our panelists, have you ever had a doula at a birth that you've had? I know Stephanie has, because I, I got called as the backup when I was seven months pregnant. So, yeah. <laughs> Stephanie, it'd be great if you could uh, chime in and, and, you know, what was your experience with adding a doula to your team the second time around? Yeah, you know, with my first, I actually wanted a doula, but my husband said, you know, I want to be the, the support person. Give me that chance. I want to be your doula. Mm-hmm. Um I think his fear was going into the, the second pregnancy, me being a little bit more adamant about adding the doula to our team, was that, yeah, he was going to be replaced. Um, but then after he met our doula, he felt very confident in being supported as well. And I've I've just really, I would recommend it to anybody. It was an amazing experience because going into a VBAC, you really need extra support, I feel like. Uh, a lot of things are working against you. And my doula was there for me when I was having these little freakouts. You know, when I was meeting with providers that I just still didn't feel supported by and and I could call her and she really just talked me through things and helped me address some fears that I had and helped me sort of prepare physically and emotionally for the labor. Mm-hmm. Um, she almost didn't make it to mine, but Annie was there for a bit of it. Yeah. It was very <laughs> fast, <laughs> but she did. And having her there was just awesome. So, I, yeah, it was great. Yeah. Okay, what kind of training do doulas get? You know, I think everybody's familiar with the obstetrician going to medical school, but, uh, you know, what can anybody just call themselves a doula? Or, I mean, what, what should women be looking for as far as training? Or is, it that, is that even important? I think training is very important and extensive training after. Your initial training is definitely important. Um, you can never learn too much about how to support a woman, especially with comfort measures, uh, because every woman's different and every woman has different needs. So most doulas go through um, a three to four day training um, with an international organization. There's Dona, Kappa, Two Labor, for instance. Um, and it's hands-on experience. A lot of them are midwives that teach it and they get really good experience with how the birth process works, what's normal, what's not normal, things to look for. Um, I think a, a lot of my parents that say I don't need a doula and they're good with that when they run into an obstacle like back labor or throwing up, throwing up, throwing up, they don't know what to do and they don't know there are really simple solutions to things like that. Turning the baby and getting mom rehydrated and there's there's a lot of things that a professional doula knows how to do to keep you home longer and to keep you comfortable. And so, sometimes they end up running to the hospital too soon and it's too soon, but they don't want to leave because they don't want to get back in that car. Yeah. And then everything kind of switches for them. And they feel like, I can't do this anymore. I just give me my epidural, start this, do that. And then they're just kind of a victim in their birth instead of present for it. And you can still have an epidural and be present for your birth and make choices. Um, But if you don't know what the choices are, which is what a birth doula helps you do, is figure out what those are. She'll never tell you what to do, but she figures out what your kind of plan is and what you want, and then shows you how to get there. Okay. How is training different than certification? Is certification important something? When a woman is hiring her doula, does someone have to be certified? Or, you know, is that something a consideration? She's like asking, like, my question. Um, That certification to me is very important, and here's why. It shows that you're willing to start something and finish it. I learned so much. My certification was a pain in the rear end. I will not lie. There's paperwork, and there's books to read, and other trainings to do and other classes to take. However, 
I learned so much through that paperwork of seeing how mom's body dilates, how it moves, um, what medications completely stop and slow things down, where births switch to what moms don't want because of certain medications or certain interventions, when to get those medications interventions later, how that switches it. And all of that came through my training and certification because you have to keep track of things on paper. Mm -hmm. Um, So... I'm a big certification person because it shows follow through. Yeah. Um, and not only that, it kind of gives everybody the same education. So, you know, okay, if they're certified with Dona, they've read these books, they've done this, this, and this, they've had certification bursts, they've had qualification um, evaluations by their nurses, doctors, and care providers, as well as the moms. And you know, there's a standard of care there. So it's kind of like, I don't know, if you want to equate it to a doctor going to medical school and then going, yeah, I didn't take the boards. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Okay, I trust you. You know, I, I'm just, I'm a big, I'm big in certification for that reason because it's a standard of care. Okay. Anyone can take a training, but did you put the effort into really figuring out how this mom works and how the partner can support her? Because it's a dual thing. It's not just about the mom. It's about the whole dynamic yeah. of the family. Now, I'm interested with how you ladies found your doulas, you know, for either the, your upcoming births or your births that you had that you had a doula. I mean, for me, I am a doula. So um, it's almost like I think it's harder for me, you know, uh, because I had like 40 women that were like, oh, I'll be your doula. And I'd be like, <laughs> I want all of you there. But I know that. Can you all just take an hour shift? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's our problem. Okay. You have 2 a.m. to 3 a.m. Right. <laughs> but I knew that wasn't the right answer. Just you know, with labor progressing, sometimes that happens uh, with less people there. So you're trying to narrow down, you know, um, to one or six, to one or six. Exactly. <laughs> when we come back, we're going to be discussing how you can go about finding a doula to interview. We'll be right back. How do you ladies who aren't doulas, how did you go about finding the, the doula to interview? I posted a I guess a question out on the ICANN Facebook page. Okay. And um, I had about 10, 10 responses <laughs> and then about 10 personal messages sent to me in addition to the people that I was already recommended that I had emailed. So by the end of it, when they say to only meet, you know, like three to five people, I had about 10 meetings that I had set up. Oh, my God. And (laughs) by the time I met the third doula and loved her, I went, all right, I have to email everybody else and say I'm sorry. I'm sure I will love you, and I can't say no. I hate disappointing people, and I hate saying no. So I'd like to just cut the ties before I even meet you. Um, and that was the the tough part for me was I liked them all for different reasons. You know, one came very qualified, highly recommended. Another just had a very, um, she seemed like very maternal and in this, the sense that she was older, but not too much older than me and experienced. And she actually hadn't even given birth before. It was just she had done it for so long. And I could just feel her, the sense that she would be very very much a caretaker during everything. And then the last one had just had a V back and, you know, such a great way to, to, um, explain to me, she's like, Oh, you're going to do great. You know, everything about your previous, a lot of confidence, like a lot of confidence in Mm -hmm. every one of them. But the third one, like I was telling you earlier, there was literally just like a sense that I was being drawn towards her. Every time she spoke, I leaned in and she sat closer to me and I wasn't uncomfortable. Whereas the other ones, when they did, they got near me. It wasn't like I was, uncomfortable but I was just kind of like more rigid and yeah she sat next to me and yeah that could be a problem during your labor yeah. be like don't touch me right yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which, and that, that brings up a whole other thing since I've had my son I used to be a very touchy-feely person and that whole article about your touch um 
level goes down because your kid is just always on you. I just don't want people to hug me or touch me. And so the fact that she was near me and I didn't know her, I was, I I just thought that that was the most important thing to me, that I want somebody that's going to make me feel calm and confident. She was very experienced, very sweet. And I mean, they tell you to go with your gut and every, if if I went with my head, I would have gone with the one that came highly recommended and very experienced. And she's the backup. I mean, she's amazing. And I have, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to maybe work with her, but the third one, well, Stephanie can tell you sometimes the backup does get called (laughs) when she's seven months pregnant. Yeah. (laughs) I got to be back mom and she's having contractions and she's freaking out a little bit. (laughs) Okay. Well, it's true. It really is go with your gut. Um, when I help moms pick doulas, I give them three women that, um, I've kind of handpicked for them by a list of questions. And then I say, it doesn't matter if they've had a baby or not. It doesn't matter if they're a hundred years old or if they're 19. If your gut says, I can be naked and comfortable with this woman, that's who you pick. Mm-hmm. Because that literally, it's an energetic thing. It's not a, I looked at the list, everything's right. Even if you're totally academic and that is just in your brain, oh, here's my checklist, It you have to feel comfortable with them naked because you never know if you will be. Hopefully yeah. you will be because it goes faster if you're naked. But um, yeah, it's, it's a total gut response. Well, Stephanie, how about you? How did you pick uh, your doula? Um, I also posted on the ICANN forum and got similar amount of responses. Um, One gal came to my home and met with me, and she, again, would have been lovely. Um, One thing that I was really aware of was, is this person's energy going to match my husband's? Because I could have definitely worked with her. I think that my husband might not have been himself with her. They were just different. And, um, And then I had a lot of, yeah, messages, emails, and then I had a phone interview with the woman that I chose, and we could laugh together, and that's the mm-hmm. biggest thing for me. Um, if you can't, like, laugh at one of my dumb jokes, or if I don't find <laughs> you amusing, we're probably not going to work well together, because... You were in early labor. I thought you were hilarious, so, you <laughs> Thank know. you. Okay, okay. At the end of labor, you weren't, but in the early labor, I like how she puts early in. Right. Um, and so, yeah, it's about energy, if you feel comfortable... And I was just trying to gauge if if my husband would feel comfortable with her. Good for you. That's a good point. I mean, for me, my husband's not going to be here. So it was 100% my choice who I felt comfortable with. But I didn't even think about having another um, person. I mean, my husband's pretty much, oh, whatever, whatever you want, whatever makes you happy. But Mm -hmm. I can see how if the first one would not have worked with him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) At, At all. And you bring up a good point, too, I think, with husbands, but as well, mothers. Uh, oh, yeah. So I don't know if, Carrie, you could kind of go a little bit into how does grandma play into this as far as the role with the doula and who you hire? Well, it's so probably it'll be a whole episode. Yeah, <laughs> it totally could be. And it's hard because a lot of times grandmas feel replaced. Like, why do you want a stranger, but you don't want me there? And it's not a matter of that. It's a matter of, mom, it's hard for you to see me uncomfortable. And that, even just having that conversation with a, with a parent, I had, I had asked my mom not to come to my birth. And it was a difficult conversation because she didn't get it. But, but you're my baby. But I'm like, I know, mom. But for one, you don't think I can do it. <laughs> and if you even think that I'm uncomfortable, you're going to lose it. And I have to do this this way because for me and my family, this is the way I'm going to do it. And that was a, you know, but you're having a stranger come. And I know how to touch you. And I know how I'm your savior. You know, it was a hard conversation. And, and with family dynamics like that, everybody has a role. Grandma needs a job to do if dad's going to be with mom, because my job is to keep mom and dad together, not me take over and dad sit on the couch. Um, Births go better when there's pheromones and hormones going, and that's dad and mom together. 
or mom and mom, however you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, grandma, sometimes they need something else to do. And it's a conversation you had before. Okay, can you make sure the house is clean, the other kid's ready, the dogs are walked, blah, 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 so that she's yeah, busy. My mother-in-law de- uh, took care of my uh, older daughter, mm-hmm. and that was a nice job because she's so busy. She's school age and very precocious. So that's uh, I feel that's a great role for grandma is child care of other children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I have some moms who just, they kind of make their due date three weeks later and then the tickets aren't purchased, which is fine. And then we have our baby, and then grandma comes in at the end and does all the other stuff. And they just want to see the baby anyway. They don't care about you. They just want to be with the baby. <laughs> so if you can keep it intimate between the three of you, baby, you, doula, dad, it's much. It's just a much smoother labor. And mm-hmm. I think it's nicer than having parents back and forth pace in the you know waiting room waiting for everything to happen. Yeah, that I, I I'm I'm kind of in that that kind of position where my mom wants to be here because my husband won't and she was very excited oh I'll be your your labor coach and I'll be there and she had a natural delivery but my mom had like the picture perfect delivery of she was in labor for I think three and a half hours three pushes and I came out and I'm, I know that that's I mean it's maybe a possibility but probably not and and same thing you know I'm her only child and to see me in the kind of pain that I was in before and knowing that it'll just progressively get stronger most likely um I I don't I think that was my my point that I came to before I was gonna have a doula anyway but before I decided I just want it to be the doula and me that I I think she would stall the labor I think my husband stalled my last labor just he is very uncomfortable seeing me in pain and I I would love to have him here but I think it's going to go differently because he won't be. Because he's deployed. Yeah. 9,000 yeah. miles 9, away. 9,000 miles right? away, and there's nothing he can do yeah. but try and Natalie's FaceTime. husband and my husband are peers, so that yeah. they, they can, you know, watch it over FaceTime together or something. <laughs> exactly. I think they are going to be roommates. Yeah. Well, so. and one thing, too, is moms do better if they're not worrying about everybody else. Right. Mm-hmm. If there's six people in the waiting room, they're thinking, oh, my gosh, grandma's got to eat. It's almost 5 o'clock. And has someone gotten them pizza? Because it's been a long time. And even they'll pop in and say, are you done yet? Are you getting close? And that pressure is way worse than even doctors and nurses pressure is mm-hmm. having the family pressure. Yeah. And a lot of times we don't know that. Um, so that's another thing that a doula can point out is here's how a quick labor goes if this is what you want. And here's how a not so quick labor will go. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want that, here's how we prevent it. But sometimes it's difficult conversations you have to have with your family. Yeah. Now, talk, let's talk about price range a little bit. So how do doulas set their prices? And uh, I mean, what kind of can you expect? I imagine it's different where you are in the country. Totally. Um, you know, because I mean, top price in maybe New Mexico would be $600. And that's the most expensive doula. Top price in San Diego, $1,200. Orange County, $3,000. So it really just depends on where you are in the country. Um, a lot of doulas gauge it on a level of experience. And then they also add another factors like childcare. How far away are you and how much gas is that going to take? Um, doulas do not make a lot of money even the top end ones, by the time you factor in how many hours we spend with you on prenatals, travel time, childcare, expenses, food, gas, parking, we don't. I mean, sometimes we make three bucks an hour, but we do it because we love it. And we want you to have... Before taxes. Yeah, don't forget about the taxes. The self-employment tax will kill you too. Um, We don't do it to make money. We do it because we love birth and the process of supporting another woman because it's such an empowering experience and when you have that extra woman that keeps everything mellow you just feel more supported it's a it's a much more beautiful experience no matter what birth you choose even a cesarean i have moms call me all the time and say i have a scheduled cesarean for blah 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 why do i need a doula 
I'm like, why don't you need a doula? Let's connect with this baby. Let's have the best cesarean as as possible. Bring your music in. Stay relaxed. All of that keeps the baby's heart rate normal. And and it's their birth. It needs to be special and sacred. It doesn't matter which way it comes out. Mm -hmm. And a doula can really maintain that for everybody and keep it calm. That's how it should be. Yeah. Now, talking about uh, going back to interviewing your doula, it sounds like personal connection is really the primary thing that you need to have. Um, but are there any questions that you should ask during it, like an expectant mom should ask during an interview with a doula or that, you know, that are kind of important questions or doesn't even matter? There are, but my th- this is what I tell moms when they're interviewing a doula. You want a doula who says, how do you see me at your birth? What do you want? Instead of, I do this and this and this and this, and then I show up and do this, and I bring this, and here's what's in my bag of tricks, and I do that. Oh, but if they don't bother to ask what you want, to me that's a red flag. Because a doula is by definition a servant, and they should come asking you what they can do for you. Instead of, you know, and how do you see me? Not, this is what I do, and this is my price, and this is my package, and this is all I do. And I will make sure this and this and this happens. It's, it's, it's much more of a... It should be more of a, um, I see this and this is what I want. Because what if they come with their bag of tricks and you go, I don't want you to talk that much during my birth. Mm -hmm. And I really don't really even want you to touch me. I want him to touch me and you to guide him. And I, but if you don't, if you're talking, the doula's talking all the time, you're not going to get your wishes met. So that's, and a lot of my moms go into an interview like that, waiting for the doula to say, what do you want? And and that's usually the one they pick because that's who's more connected with what they want instead of here's what I do. Mm -hmm. Well, and I liked the ones, um, just to echo that, I I also liked the ones that told me everything that I wanted to hear before I asked the question. I mean, when I met with my care provider, the OB, I had a list of questions I was going to ask him, and I didn't have to ask one of them because the... When he said, well, let me just tell you a little bit about myself and, and what I do and how how mm-hmm. I, I, I see labor and delivery and all that. Like and the, I, their philosophy, basically. Their, yeah. the, exactly. Mm-hmm. I was like, I can't find the word. Um, and every question I had, literally, and had 15, he answered them all. So in about thirty seconds. In about thirty seconds, so exactly. I know exactly who that. Yeah, you know exactly yeah, who I was talking thinking about. The same thing. And and so with the 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 two doulas that are my my primary and then the backup, they explained how what their philosophy was, how how like how they they've had their experience, and um, you know after I I kind of discussed everything because I kind of went into it. This is how my labor was before. This is what I would like. You know, I just wanted to tell you a little bit about myself. Now you go. And they, I didn't have to ask any questions. So I think that was the nice part because I didn't want it. I didn't want it to be a very stoic thing because like you said before, you can have every answer to every question that I have, but does that mean that you're the right person for me? I just need to see how you're feeling this conversation and letting it flow the way that it needs to. And it you, should flow. You almost need to connect on like a sisterly level. Sometimes I think of doula, a doula as like an extra big sister without all the family baggage who happens to also be an expert in childbirth. So yeah. you have to, I mean, when you talked about you have to be comfortable getting naked, you do have to be comfortable getting naked, throwing up, pooping, whatever in front. Can mm-hmm. I say pooping? Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You can say other things probably with Annie and Just so you know. <laughs> I mean, they have to feel like family a little bit. You have to have that sisterly bond with them off the bat. Yeah, and some people look, I think they look for different things. So as far as some people are going for looking for a big sister, some are looking for a mom. 
because they don't want their mom there. Right. Um, or, or their may, mom can't be there. Or their mom can't be there, uh, you know, or even uh, kind of a, a grandmother, you know. Someone. And I have some that have mommy issues. And so I asked that on my questionnaire. I loved that. Yeah, because if you, they look at that and they're like, oh, yeah, she has white hair. Mm-mm, that is not going to work for me. Or I need a sister or an auntie because my aunt died and I was really close to her and that's who I need. So then I know an age range even to look for, for that mom because we connect with women differently. And I had one mom who was doing a home birth. She wanted a midwife that had never had a baby and a doula that had never had a baby. And I said, why? And she goes, because I've never had a baby and I won't want them saying, you can do this. I did it. Blah, blah, blah. She goes, I wanted it to be our first, everybody's first. And that's what worked for her. And it's you know, she goes, I know they have experience and they've done they've done this before, but ne- they haven't had the experience with me. Personal experience. Personal experience. Mm-hmm. And some women will say, well, I interviewed her, but she hasn't had a baby. And I said, neither has your male OB. And you trust him. <gasps> oh. I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or neither has your midwife. Did you know that so-and-so has, she hasn't had a baby? I'm like, no. Do you even think to ask? Nope. But you trust her. I said, nothing, doula is nothing more than a woman supporting a woman. Mm-hmm. Nothing more than that. I can relate to that, too. I, I actually, before hiring a doula, thought that I would for sure hire someone who had had their own child. And it never even came up when I was feeling the connection with who I chose. And mm-hmm. she hasn't. But it didn't matter. And it almost surprised me. I thought that I was looking for that. And turns out I wasn't. Mm-hmm. So. It's the connection. Yeah. It's always the connection. Thanks, Kara, for joining us today. For more information about Kara and her doula practice, as well as information about any of our panelists, visit our episode page on our website. This conversation continues for members of our Preggy Pals Club. After the show, Carol will be discussing the work that she's doing at the Birth Education Center of San Diego with continuing education for newly trained doulas. To join our club, visit our website, www.preggypals.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, Preggy Pals. I am Crystal Stubendek, maternity fashion expert and founder of Borrow for Your Bump where you can buy and rent designer maternity styles for a monthly rate. This segment, we will cover the awkward phase of pregnancy, otherwise known as the belly or bump phase. You are not quite ready for maternity sizes, but you are quickly outgrowing your favorite jeans and cute tops. To draw attention away from your bump, you can balance your belly with statement jewelry. This will draw attention away and onto the face and neck. A dramatic neckline, chunky short necklace, or dangly earrings will do the trick. Adding pops of color or prints in unexpected places is another trick to hide the fact that you are expecting. A bright yellow hairpiece, coral scarf, turquoise bling, or like Jessica Simpson, use a large animal print purse to draw the eye away. Plus, it gives you an excuse to splurge on that purse you've been eyeing. A polka dot skirt is another way to take the attention off your midsection. Have fun with it, but one or two eye catchers is more than enough. Layering is another way to disguise a bump. We recommend layering a blazer or cardigan over a patterned blouse, or try a maxi dress with an empire waist. Try a style that is long and flowing towards the bottom. We love the ink print maxi dress by Lilac. 
without wearing a sign that says, I'm pregnant, you may want to show people that you are expecting. In that case, whether it's a top or a dress, styles with empire waistlines and roof sides are the best way to take the focus to the center of the body. You can also use a belt under the bust to create more shape. Stay away from short tops that are tight-fitting and oversized clothing that can completely hide your shape and actually make you appear bigger. Throughout the first trimester, you should be able to comfortably wear most of your pre-pregnancy clothes. For bottoms, you may want to switch to low-rise pants or jeans, which will allow for a little more room for your tummy. Choose items in your wardrobe that have stretchy waistbands. For tops, loose and fitting blouses and peasant tops should work for the first couple of months. No matter what your stage, feel and look great during your pregnancy. Don't forget to check out the styles mentioned at borrowforyourbump.com and be sure to listen to Preggy Pals for more great pregnancy tips. That wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Preggy Pals. Don't forget to check out our sister shows, Parent Savers, for parents with newborns, infants, and toddlers, Twin Talks for parents of multiples, and our show, The Boob Group, for moms who breastfeed their babies. Next week, we'll be discussing VBAC, vaginal birth after cesarean. What are the risks and benefits? This is Preggy Pals, your pregnancy, your way. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. New Mommy Media is expanding our lineup of shows for new and expecting parents. If you have an idea for a new series, or if you're a business or organization interested in joining our network of shows through a co-branded podcast, visit newmommymedia.com. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.